Podcast episode number six. All right. Live six in the book. Hail Mary's and Royal Oak. Got a couple of special guests. As always, we're here doing it for the culture. Good beer, good people. Um, we'll get it started off by introducing our regulars real quick, and then we'll introduce our special guests. So we'll start here to the left with Brady. Good evening, everyone. I guess I'm a regular now, huh? Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Let's get it started. I see you got some good beers on the table. Got some glasses here. This, this is going to be a good evening. You like this all right. All right. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Sasha. Uh, hi. I'm just really excited to see what's happening in this bottle. It's a good bottle. That is a good bottle. And I'm not happy. Sasha, the, the, Thank you. the consistent lady of the group. Apparently so. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, here. And you know what day it is, right? Always, oh, it's always. Tuesday? <laughs> no, 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 I'm pretty day? sure it's Wayne's Day. Oh. Wayne's Day. So Wayne here checking in, everybody. And by default, Harry's Day. Every day is Harry's Day. Indeed. And with our special guest today, we're going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves yes, at the indeed. end of the table. What's going on, guys? My name's Ken. I'm from the Better on Draft podcast, and I brought you guys an even specialer guest. Specialer, <laughs> is that a word? Special is, is a word today. Okay. Just like hamburger, specialer is a word. <laughs> I'm going to order a hamburger while we're here, too. Oh, God. And from, uh, well, he, he lives in the States, but he is from what brewery? I work for Two Olds. To Ul, Copenhagen, Denmark. Okay. And what kind of brewery is To Ul? We are a gypsy brewer, like a lot of other Danish uh, breweries that uh, we we brew at a few different locations. So, if you don't know who To Ul is or what a gypsy brewer, what are other gypsy brewers from? So, McDonald would probably be the most well-known, uh, but then there's a, there's a lot of, there's a few others, I guess, I want to say a lot of others, but uh, Amicolo does a lot of uh, gypsy brewing uh, uh, here in the States, and the, the Evil Twin, so a, a tie to McKellar, does also a lot of uh, gypsy brewing. What brings you to Michigan? Coming to hang out, drink great beer. Actually, the, Michigan is uh, number four on our best states of 2018. Really? So, uh, definitely selling a lot of uh, Tool already. What are your top three? Um, California, New York, and Florida. Florida is the one that sneaks in. Not yeah. many people think oh, that Florida right. is. But the problem with or problem, the good thing about Florida, they'll drink a stout in the middle of the summer because oh, it never yeah, gets yeah. cool there. Like, sure, yeah. just, just shotgun a thirteen percent stout, like yeah, <laughs> Florida man. So before, watch out for Florida man. Not a damn thing. It's just a lot of other states still see um, stouts or big beers as seasonal, and like Florida does not care. <laughs> Welcome to All Michigan. Right. Welcome to stouts year round. What's crazy is is that. Next week, I'm going to Phoenix, and a friend of mine, Dan, uh, you guys may know him. He was one of the original hosts from Better on Draft. He sent me a photo that on the shelf, you can buy a three-year vertical of four-packs of KBS as if it was nothing. Just laying on the shelf. Doing KBS, yes. Everyone's like, mm. That's, we'll, we'll get back on that on a second we'll part of the match. I remember a couple of years ago in, in nice Las Vegas. Segue. KBS on shelves, and this is two years ago in Las Vegas, KBS sitting on shelves. It's, it's crazy how we go stout crazy in this state. Yep. It is a lot different than a lot of other states because, of course, West Coast, you're going for the West Coast IPAs. Right. East Coast, you're going for East Coast hoppy, fruity IPAs. 
Whereas, you know, kind of middle America where it's more blue collar, you're going towards the light lagers, the cream ales, the, you know, stuff that isn't too heavy. But in Michigan itself, just because the seasons, we have winter, you know, once a month or so, we have winter. Um, It makes it a little bit crazy. Now, in South Carolina, do you guys get a lot of Michigan beers? Um, yes. Uh, so, actually, I have a few ties to Michigan when it comes oh, okay. to that. Uh, I, I worked for Founders, and I also worked for New Holland uh, in past lives, and, and both of which in the South Carolina market. So, uh, I, we definitely see that. We see Beat Actor. We see quite a bit of Michigan beers. Now, have you guys ever had Tool or any of the other uh, Gypsy Brewers? Your yeah. McKellar? Your what, what, what's your guys' opinion? I was actually looking forward to trying something. Right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm sorry that I'm not drinking any because I definitely have cases at the house that would have been put to good use right here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you just come on over. Let, let, let's, let, let's pause this right now and just come down. <laughs> I am a big fan of Mickler as well as um, Nowhere. Nowhere in particular. Nowhere in particular is uh, American. Yeah, right, right, right. So we we actually had them on one of the episodes of Better on Draft. We yeah, had the head brewer. That really, um, that actually made me seek out their beer even more after you guys had them on. Will you also learn a little bit more with that episode what a gypsy brewer is and how you don't have a home brick and mortar brewery, which is crazy in my eyes because I would want to be able, like, in full control of the beer that I make. Right. right. And when I'm not in full control of the beer that I make because I'm using somebody else's system somebody else's water right. which yeah, is a right. big thing is somebody else's water it just it scares another me another interesting point they made was that how they have to go to a store and say hey we don't have a beer yet but this is what we're brewing and we need you to buy it we need you to put it on the show I don't have anything to give you but I need it on the show right. Now, now, has Tool brewed in Mich- or not Michigan specific, but the U.S.? We have not. Uh, it's definitely in the plan. U.S. production is going to be uh, something that's uh, a little bit down the road. But uh, currently, we have only brewed beer. Uh, well, mainly brewed beer in Belgium and in uh, Denmark itself. Wow. Belgium and Denmark. So not yes. even in Germany or uh, the Netherlands or... I would we, we have done a few bad brews at BrewDog, um, but uh, I, main production is either Copenhagen or uh, uh, Belgium. What do you guys think about buying a beer that you could never go to a brewery to, to buy it? Like, that, it, just, it just seems I like I think we're all pretty adventurous. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's good beer, it's good beer. It's good beer, it's good beer. But it's interesting you say that, for example, you don't have a set of brewers in the States. So, as a clinic, quality control, things like that is critical for us. So, how are you ensuring that you get the same batch to batch consistency? That makes great sense. Like, yeah, it's a great question because it will, we use uh, De Proof Brewery in, in, in Belgium and they, by far one of the best uh, like laboratories, uh, systems for just tracking everything. I and mean, they can tell you down to what year the hop came from that you're wanting to use. It's, they have a, a, don't quote me on this one, but a genome project, a, a really like cellular level project that's going on that uh, 
gets it all the way down to the yeast, to the, the hops, to everything that's going on in that beer, and they can be exact on all of that. And one thing that Tor, owner of Tool, um, really prides himself on is that quality and that consistency, and, and also making really weird beers that you wouldn't think of would have that wanted consistency, and that's something that with working and teaming together with the group, really, we, we do well with. So does that brewery cultivate their own yeast strains? Yes, okay. definitely. Like we, we can bring in yeast strains, but they would prefer to use what they have in house. But we, we we like to get weird. We bring in as much, and uh, we, we 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 here's the rule: we are always over the rule. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys say we can't do that, but can we? Like. <laughs> So what's the most bizarre issue you've run into in trying to... So did you say the most bizarre Bizarre beer? issue. That you, oh, well, now one of the most bizarre beers, so give me both. Okay. What kind of issues do you run into? Well, they kind of go hand in hand of, of brewing these weird beers with things that you don't really brew with, and then us saying, no, we really want to have that beer. And so that teams into, we have a beer called YOLO Melt. YOLO, like YOLO yeah. once, yeah. and then Melt. We have a series, it's a milk stout series, and... Uh, so this one has caviar and champagne. Oh. So that's your yeah. favorite stuff, milk stuff, right? You just gotta say something. <laughs> I thought we'd get through a whole show. Nope. When the, I'm, I'm not a fan of I milk stuff. Right. Right. Rochester Mule. Right, all right. If there's one particular, I know, I know. There's one particular milk stuff I don't like. I'm not gonna say I don't like them all because I haven't had them all. Right, there you but. go. <laughs> it's a unique one. Think kind of a Worcester stout with the brininess that comes in right. from the caviar, but I mean, the only way you can really describe that beer is in Robin Leach's voice because it's uh, like will you do that for us please uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just <laughs> I can't do it. It's not gonna happen. Champagne yeast and caviar yeast. No, can't do it. Can't do it. Not you, Ken. She didn't ask you to do it. Not me. That was not lovely, Ken. No. We'll ask you to do Polish. When we get to the vodka and Red Bull section, we'll talk to you. <laughs> I was thinking of bringing a bowl for my beer, just to you know open up the the, the nose get of the, the beer. Right, right, yeah, right. exactly. Now, if you were Matt, we would believe it. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Bush and his renegades, wherever yeah, they are. Chase sipping on a diet burner somewhere, chasing it with a shandy. <laughs> Ruby red. Ruby red. Shiner Ruby, for sure. So, is this your first foray into Michigan for Tool? Or? Yes, this is the first time I've... Uh, actually, it's the first time I've ever been to Detroit. So I've I, I worked for Welcome. West Coast Michigan breweries, but had never been into Detroit before. So definitely with Tool, and before that, I've been. And where, where have you stopped so far, and where are you going for the rest of the week? All right, so I was in Ann Arbor yesterday. We did all Great of... Woo-hoo! It was, That's where we all right. it, was, it, was, it was lovely. We went around to... We probably hit uh, eight, ten different accounts yesterday. Uh, tried to drink a beer at all of them. Really enjoyed Holmes Brewing. Uh, yeah. That was, that was a fun stop. The local favorite, yeah. Uh, and then today, we probably hit another ten accounts here and around the Detroit area. And then tomorrow, I'm on the road again for another... And I, I, I don't know where tomorrow is going to take me. I would assume the other side of Detroit. <laughs> there, there is definitely a lot within the metro Detroit area branching out into Washtenaw, too. Just so many great accounts, so many great places to pick up beer. Um, so we were just at 8 Degrees Play-Doh. Yes. Do they have those kinds of stores down in South Carolina? 
Um, they're going to be a little bit different. You're not seeing as many of the hybrid um, kind of where you can buy on-premise. Or, I'm sorry, you can buy beer to go and buy a pint, which they're starting to come more. But it's that's a developing style at hybrid um, on-premise, off-premise outlet. Because we, we were talking earlier, and north of you over in Charlotte, in yep. Noda, there's Salud, right. which is a really good, and it's a former Michigan person who right. owns that place. Jason is a giant Michigan fan. Yes, I went in there and saw a bunch of Michigan beer brewery stickers, and I'm like, oh, this is definitely going to be my kind of place. And I think that's definitely going to be uh, what's upcoming. And what's crazy is, is that, I don't know if you guys are aware, uh, but that's actually how I met Wayne. At Plato's, right? At Eight Degrees Plato's. Yeah. We were sitting at the bar. I'm sitting here. Uh, there's no camera here, so you can't see it. But, you know, kind of, kind of where Brandon's sitting right now. And we just struck, struck up a conversation. We both realized that we're into beer, but not too into beer. Right, yeah, that right. we're going to, like, you know, go crazy about it. As much as we talk about that it. That was your introduction to the Bruce Brothers, right? That was my introduction yeah. to the Bruce Brothers. And now that I'm literally gone from every single beer group on Facebook, Sands Bruce Brothers. <laughs> um, it, it, you know what? It was. And that's, you know, for me... Me, it's great to see a camaraderie of people, and as much as you guys continue to grow, it's definitely more inclusive still. Yeah, it's not like there's different sects. Everyone's still part of the same Bruce Brothers mentality. Now, do you guys see that in different beer groups down in South Carolina, or you know, as a uh, a sales manager of Tool, do you see that anywhere else where there's just, you know, where how's, how big is Bruce Brothers? 700 plus. 700 plus. And it's it's not really like a, a cross-sectional area. It's everyone's one for all, all for one. Oh, that's, that's really cool. It's, I can't say that I've seen... Uh, normally they don't let... Uh, Brewery representatives, especially foreign brewery representatives, into uh, the cool groups. Uh, to be honest, I just kind of see if I can get in just by saying, "Can I get in? Can I get in? Can I get in?" You should try that. I, I definitely can. I, I, I will now. I, Be prepared though, because now when everyone hears a great beer from Tool, they're going to message you directly yep. and be like, "Hey, oh, where can I get this?" I, I noticed uh, recently that the brewery put uh, anything dealing with the U.S. to email. It put my email address onto the website, and so now all of a sudden it's like, "Hey, where can I get your beer in Scottsdale, Arizona?" I'm like, "No, I haven't had to contact the wholesaler." It's it's a lot of fun now. I mean, there's multiple majority of my email fills up with, "Hey, where can I get your beer here?" How uh, how far are you into the United States? Like how many states? Thirty eight states. Thirty. Jesus. Yeah, we 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 a pretty sizable footprint. We follow the Shelton Brothers portfolio, so it's uh, every state that they have a wholesaler partner in is where we're able to. I wouldn't say that every one of them regularly orders beer from us, but definitely. Um, but you can enter the market in thirty eight right. states. I can I can sell beer if somebody in you know any of those thirty eight states decides they want our beer, they can have it. How many are how many are you in this like country? Like, how many tool U.S. brand ambassadors, sales, etc., are in this country? I am the only employee outside of Copenhagen. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Let's say outside of Denmark, there might be uh, uh, there might be a few people that have left Copenhagen. But uh, yeah, my territory is North America, <laughs> so just a small little territory that uh, it's the guys in Denmark will sit there and you know like, oh, I'm traveling to the other side of. Uh, Denmark today. It'll take me four hours to get there. It's like, yeah, I have a nine-hour plane flight to get to the other side. <laughs> so you must have a hell of a travel budget. 
Oh, yeah, did I, I even still to this day like won't see my monthly like spin and like ooh, and it, it, it's uh, and then I was submitted to the boss. He's like, clearly you have five thousand miles of territory. It's it's okay to do that. Where we want to? Uh, can we go to prime and, prime and proper tomorrow night? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, All right. Uh, <laughs> wait, what's my invite? Oh man, you better tag along. Right. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I, I heard about this place earlier. I didn't know about it. Uh, like the reference of. Uh, we, I was riding around with Ginny and uh, with Import and CIC, and she, she was like, "That's probably the fanciest restaurant in uh, Detroit." Yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Let's sell beer. Well, yeah. Let me know what time the reservation is. I'll show up. All right. So, what what is your go to non tool beer? Ouch. Miller High Life, does that count? Oh, of course oh, it does. No. I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave. Come on. If, if he likes it, it's a good beer. No, no, no it's not. <laughs> no, and that's definitely not what I would consider a good beer. It's just the beer that's normally... That's your go-to. That when I get off of that expense account and have to pay for my own oh, beer... I like to spend that $2 on a high <laughs> So when you're on your expense account... Tor, don't listen. No, uh, <laughs> I, I really am a big fan of you know trying that local offering. But when I, when I have to go back to a craft beer, it's going back to Michigan, and I really love the all day IPA from Founders. Can't go wrong idea. Can't go wrong Solid. What, yep. what are you guys drinking down there? Because I see a lot of bottles. I see a lot of cans. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a hell yes of double IPA from over at Drafting Table. They're doing some excellent work over there, and this is right up to par with the rest of the stuff they're doing. That, that is a sneaky brewery you need to get a chance to try. I was told that that one is definitely one that Because it's draft only. You're not going to okay. be able to find it in bottles anywhere unless you go like on a beer release day for them. Right. But Drafting Table is probably one of the sneakiest, best breweries in yeah. the state for sure. Yep. Awesome. Um, Mark, Aaron pump out some of the most amazing beers out there, talking about the most solid beers. So, we're actually, it uh, looks like we're on Facebook Live right now, so uh, we can we can wave and say hello. Now, um, I, 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 I promised a friend real quick. I promised a friend real quick. Uh, we're drinking some Epic. Yes. Uh, did you guys? I think there's there's a bottle of Epic down there that we're drinking. Yep. Um, I've got the fruit sour, the the Cabernet. You've got, got the some, triple uh, got Mexican cake down. Here. Mexican no, no, cake I down have there. the uh, double barrel Baptist, the triple barrel Baptist, and the quad barrel Baptist. The, the coconut coming through in the triple is amazing. It does. It really really does. So I see that Westbrook down there. So I live in Charleston, South Carolina. So I got a cousin down there. Right so across. He, he makes sure that I get some good stuff from down that way. Right across the bridge. comes up this way. Have you had any Charlestown fermentory? I have not. Can next time, some? yeah. They next time uh, he's sending up a beer load. Make sure he grabs you a couple. Of, there's the Sun Gazer from them. Okay. Uh, they're doing that hazy, trendy style. But oh man, they're doing there's some quality stuff. I got a stuff. question for you. Process wise, can you walk us through end to end what a what a gypsy brewing? contract or, or session looks like? Sure. Um, well, that's... Uh, it's, it's it's different where you're at. Um, so, this is going to start a whole other segue or tangent, uh, but 
Before I worked with Tool, I was in Vietnam working for Pasteur Street Brewing Company, which is a craft brewery there. Uh, they had their own production facility in Ho Chi Minh, but also used a uh, contract facility in Cu Chi. Uh, and so that process would have been different than the process in Belgium, which would be different than the process here in the U.S. And so to kind of go through the one that I know best, uh, while I while I see the beginning and end of the Belgian or the imported um, to all products, um, I don't get to see the middle. Um, I do know that in Vietnam, one nice part about working with that brewery was our brewers, we, we would take the amount, we'd have a monthly or a quarterly plan of how much beer needed to be brewed. Um, and being overseas, it was all in liters. So if it was a 2,000 liter, a 4,000 liter, or even up to 10,000 liter batches, and then it would be, um, you place that order, They, the brewery itself, the contract brewery, gets all of the ingredients. They go yeast, hops, grains, uh, anything except for things that may be proprietary to the brewery. Uh, and so then the proprietary item is issued in. They brew the ingredients in Vietnam. They did it with brewmaster and brew team sitting there every step of the way. While they might not be, you know, turning on the gas or pushing the button, they're sitting there going, it's too early to push that button. Or, and then we also, with the Vietnamese brewery, that we had a person on site every day. So every day they were going into that facility taking the numbers, checking uh, the carbonation, checking the, uh, that everything was going exactly to plan. And then during packaging, when it was ready to get racked off and come into packaging, again, the team would go back out there and stand. Packaging was a little bit easier that uh, they, they would allow the, the, the Pasteur Street staff to get fully involved with cleaning the kegs and uh, prepping the canning line. Uh, and, yeah, and then it would be, you would get checked uh, while going out of the gate with how many cases and kegs you had. They would count every single number, and then that's that's how you would be charged as the brewery uh, to the facility or the warehouse. Uh, a little bit different here in um, the U.S. as it will be each wholesaler would be able to come through and, all right, these two pallets are going to California, these two are going to Michigan, these two are going to Florida, and they would have their own trucking routes in that. That's interesting. Um, and I would imagine that it that it kind of varies, like, based on where you are. So that's a very interesting, to me, a very interesting way to do things. In, in, in the U.S., there's a lot... Then while there's a lot more trust given into the contract facility, um, which we, we and, and I would assume the same is in Europe, uh, particularly of just uh, that they know how to brew damn good beer, so we don't need to babysit them nearly uh, the brewers nearly as much. Uh, and I don't say that in a bad way. In Vietnam, they were brewing adjunct lagers; they weren't brewing a. IPA or right. the, the other one that the Vietnamese was, was a passion fruit wheat beer. That was those were unheard of styles, and so that's why they needed a little bit more of that day to day interaction. Here in the U.S., it's it's we'll be there for the first brew of a U.S. production, and then it's all right as long as it tastes somewhat similar or really close to this uh, at a consistency level, then it's it should do the trick. And so, that, and, and and I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, but being a gypsy brewer, does that give you a bit more latitude in terms of creativity? 
It does. It, it really allows us not only to creativity within tour or tours kind of release some of the reins to help allow me to come up with some of the beers or collaborations, but uh, it, it, you also get to see what that brewery is good for. If I'm using a brewery on the East Coast that's really good at making stouts, I'm going to go in there with stouts to brew. Right. If, if, if I'm going in on the West Coast of the brewery that's known for their sours, I'm going to go off on a sour. And, and it, it really allow their you know, expertise to play. Yeah, we're, we're big fans of sours around these parts. No, we're not. <laughs> not at all. Well, that's, well, sour Wayne. Sour <laughs> not sour. Let's get it right. <laughs> That's mainly the imported beer that we're bringing in is all either stout or sour. Uh, we're not bringing in any of our IPAs. We're not bringing in any of our better fresh beers. Because at minimum, uh, coming from Copenhagen or coming from Belgium, it's going to be 30 days in the water. And then could be 15-ish days worth of transport in country or you know stuck at customs or you know waiting on TTB approval why the government shut down those kind of things yeah. well it's crazy I'll, I'll that you look out for stouts that's stouts there you go it's crazy that you say that though because uh, when we had at the Kunin Live episode of Better on Draft we had a person who lived in Japan that owned a Japan craft beer bar that specialized in American craft beer and they would bring in American craft beer, but it's not the stouts and stuff that they were crazy for. It's those West Coast IPAs that they were crewing for. And people were literally like, you, you talk about being on the water trying to ship it in there. It takes a long time to get over there. And it's crazy to think, you know, especially for the West Coast IPA where the bitter the better. I drank all of those uh, old IPAs in Asia while I was there. So, like, I'm, I'm used to like, that style. Well, do you, do you see, like, the malt full? Cause, <laughs> that you know, did not sound good. Some year and a half old zombie dust I could give you from mm, Brief Boys. Yum. Ken <laughs> doesn't like you very much, does he? <laughs> I don't like IPAs at all. The, the biggest one of that, like, I was in um, Bangkok, and they had all-day IPA. Again, I was told you guys earlier that was one of my favorite beers. And it, I was like, sweet. I haven't had one of these in six, eight months, whatever it was at the time. And then I turned it over and noticed it was eight months old and was like, no, thank you. But they, they, when when I worked for Founders, All Day IPA had a 150-day shelf life. When I was over there, I noticed that the shelf life was a year old because they are used to the age on the beer. Having... A fresh IPA is, is, is something that they may not even like. In that well, I, I think the bitterness is an American thing. I don't think it's 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 foreign to foreign not not Americans. Those who are in the the more drinking countries, your Belgium, your Germany, Ireland, England, um, even when you get into bigger markets like uh, South Africa, you know you have these giant beer markets that are owned by the the big company Budweiser. They don't want bitter beer. They want something that's a little more sweet, a little bitter more biscuity. Commercial. <laughs> I, I, honestly, that's that's what it is. But it's right. not bitter because it's skunked. It's bitter because it's hopped as fuck. Right, right, right. right, right. Can we swear on this show? Fuck yeah. You just did. <laughs> I mean, I did. <laughs> I just didn't know if I needed to go and post and edit. Why, that. why ask now? I mean, you know, why ask why? Right. But hey, I do have a story just to interject. Slightly off topic. But it's because of Denmark, and Harry's heard this story. Uh, my buddy James Lakes ah, yes. used to play uh, professional basketball in Copenhagen All right. for maybe uh, 12, 14 years, something around that. Anyway, 
company used to bring back all of the, at that time, you can only get high ABV beers from Europe. Right. You know, there were no high ABVs in the States. Yep. You know, so he used to bring those back, and he also introduced me to Scotch. Which took me down a road that my wife is still fussing about. And the short synopsis is, I got into craft beer thinking it was cheaper than my scotches. Little did I know how wrong I was. And, you know, my wife's not here and hopefully she won't listen to this episode. But we've all heard the second seller story. Well, (laughs) scotch and pension for good beer. Rob Wayne and I together. And uh, we kind of been doing it for a long time. It's been a long time yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Too many years. Too yeah. many more than I care to count. How about that? What's I'm your uh, What's your non beer? What's my non beer? Yeah. What's your go to alcoholic beverage? that's not beer. I drink a lot of gin. Okay. Oh, what's your yeah. What's my favorite gin? Uh, I mean, I, I'm gonna go with dry, a lemon dry, and I get. I'm simple. I, I like I, I drink gin on ice, and, and it maybe every now and then a splash of grapefruit juice. So it's that's that's what I've gone to, and that's it. That went really well in Vietnam because of the heat there, and that's and now I live in Charleston, South Carolina. So the heat again. It, 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 that's an amazing day at the beach. Is uh, yeah, gin is my gin. go-to in the summer, absolutely. Yeah. Right, it could be ice cold outside, and I'd still be drinking gin. <laughs> if it's ice cold outside, I'm, I'm drinking something dark. Now I can't get behind barrel-aged gins. There is a I can't like, either. I yeah. love barrel-aged beers, but something about the change in a barrel-aged gin kind of gives it a. It give, takes the citrus flavor that I like out of gin. It just it, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. You drink it. That's what you do with it. No. Wait, uh, Which one are you talking about, Mark? You did have it. That's the one I gave her a sample oh. of. Oh, that, that's <laughs> that ball of fire you yeah. gave me? <laughs> yeah. Too much, too much. Uh-uh. It was it was too much heat and not enough. I don't know, not heat. It just, I, I wanted the gin flavor. It's it probably hot. is the most, to, to date, and I've had quite a few spirits. It's probably the most unique spirit I've had. I, I don't know, man. That Hendrix Orbium. I really like that one. That's good, and that—that's. No, all right, all right. Hendrix is a little, <laughs> a little tame for me. I like the bite. Well, the and Hendrix tries t- tends to mute that a little bit. Hendrix, on its own, doesn't taste like regular gin. It doesn't taste like a London Dry. It's right. a whole different thing. But they came out with this Orbium that's a different variant of their regular Hendrix, and it's good. It's not the same heat as the one that you gave me, but I, that was a, too much for me to drink straight. And then I don't know what to mix it with. Those barrel aged gins don't mix with anything don't mix for me. With Get too much. Glass. Otherwise, you put a straw in the box. <laughs> my my stunt liver is out of commission. <laughs> cardboard straw. Be equal, you know, eco-friendly cardboard yeah. straw. <laughs> it adds flavor to the flavor. Yeah, it adds flavor to the flavor. dulls the flavor a little bit. <laughs> for sure. Now, what do we expect from Tool for the like 2019? Like, is Michigan going to be getting a lot more beers? Like, what is in the portfolio upcoming, or is it we still haven't contacted the brewer that we're going to deal with next month? Well, the the, the portfolio—that's the one fun thing about being a gypsy brewer. And then, like, I really don't know until quarter of. Like, it's uh, right. I, I know it's coming in for the next couple months, but it's uh, there's not a calendar like a lot of the U.S. breweries would have. Uh, so, but over the next few months, uh, we're, we're, we're looking at uh, 
Let's see. We haven't released many of the names. I'm sorry. I get... You can give us styles if you know styles. Right. A fun, uh, like, cloudy uh, Berliner uh, should be coming through. So one, uh, maybe a pastry stout or two. Um, and then a lot more of uh, the sour and funk that... Uh, is are, are you into the pastry stouts as much as it's been getting crazy up here with pastry stouts? I can't do it as much as I'd like. I don't. I don't. I know beer is sugar, but I don't like it when it's like added in sugar on sugar. Right. Uh, so to me, that's a personal preference. It has nothing to do with actual style of beer. It's just that, like overly sweet things normally are not my forte. I like bitter, I like uh, sour, and that's the way that I stick most of the time when I'm ordering my own beer. Or, or High Life. <laughs> there we go again. There's nothing wrong with the High Life. Okay. What's wrong with it? I just pulled up my, my, my uh, tool, goes to Hollywood. All right. It's not Miller High Life, but I rated it a four. All right. Now, would you rather have that or Miller High Life? Oh, definitely goes to Hollywood. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and we also have goes to Jamrock right now, um, which really? is going to be still the tropical fruits, uh, but then it's also going to have uh, rum chips that we soak in there. So it's uh, that's a fun variant. That, that goes style or goes to... Is that in your garage right now? Yeah, it in is. In your basement, that yes. it is? Yeah, like, I do have a case okay. of that hint, one. Hint, hint. Right, yeah, exactly. No, we can in Michigan, so we can get you a can of that before I go home. So. <laughs> All right, definitely. Yeah. We can make that happen. But uh, that Goes series is it goes to Hollywood. We have a Goes to Jamrock. We have a Goes to a word I can't pronounce with a lot of consonants, uh, way too many consonants <laughs> together. Uh, yeah. there's, it's, just, it's a fun series of, of, of kind of what we see as the style from that area. So it goes to Hollywood. It has, you know, uh, California oranges that we imported into Belgium simply to make that flavor of that beer. And then it's Jamaican rum that we use to soak the chum rum chips. It's, uh... Yeah, that's all right. Jamaican rum. I see. Another, another one that I've given a four to. So what making it here? That's going to be here. So that's not going to be here yet. Uh, so what do we know here? Right, how yeah. do we well, get it? We know you, so we're going to join our group. We're going to tag you and, and make sure. We, so there, remember how I said people will tag you yeah, right. join these groups? Yeah. They can. So there are definitely they're cases of... Your assignment is to make sure he's on Bruce Brothers. Michigan. Get them on, okay. on the So group. it's not made in the U.S. It's the imported version, but there are cases of it. I was selling it today. So you guys will see quite a bit more popping up around March. Market, but also, um, I might be able to hook you guys. Not, not. Team, uh, <laughs> you, you know what I'll do? You know what I'll do? I will contact Jack Zatuna over at Zatuna Liquor on Rochester Road to South of M59. Cheap plug for my sponsor. Wait, 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 <laughs> hey, he helps pay for my hosting for my website, which also hosts your guys' yep. show. Oh, okay. well, then, you know what? Yeah, we can oh, yeah. Yeah. Plug in one more time there, Ken. That's, that's Zatuna Liquor on Rochester Road, just south of uh, M59 in Rochester Hills. Go say hi to Jack Zatuna over there. I mean, Got some great beer, hopefully some Tool that he can get off the shelf, including the Gozas. Uh, do you guys brew those gozas in the same brewery, or is it different breweries every time? No, so that's a 
majority of our imported beer is all going to be coming out of Depoop. Like that is out of what? Depoop Brewing, and like that's that's our main contract facility that for our imported beer. So whether it is the sour beer, whether it's a dangerously close to stupid double IPA or a stout, it's all coming out of Depoop. Which Depoop has their own brand uh, that you can get in the U.S. as well, and they do. They did a lot of McKellar, and they've done some other breweries as well. So, so all the beers that come to America from Tool come from Depoop. I would say 99% of them, because we also have the brewery in Copenhagen, which is Tool CPH, short for Copenhagen, but um, there are some beers that are coming directly out of that. So if you want a lot of the gypsy brewing portion of Tool, you need to go to Europe, you need to go to Denmark. Right. I mean, that's that's when we will post up and do a barrel here. A batch here, a batch there, a batch. I mean, it's tap room there. We have a tap room in um, Copenhagen. It's it's more of a restaurant and a spot, but it's all our beer. We also have uh, keg cocktails. We have uh, a Michelin star chef, so the food is amazing as well. Now, before we kind of head off, because obviously there's a lot to talk about, and we're going to give you guys a show back. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask is you were talking about it earlier. What was that, Wayne? I can hang out and talk about founders. Uh, You can talk to him more. I'm just, just, you know, making sure we're not hijacking too much. I'm four years removed from founders, so I know, like, pre-San Miguel founders. Oh. So you you know the the previous life when they were craft beer. I was sales rep number 30 with founders, or sales team number 30. You were talking about how Tool is no longer barrel-aging beers. Yes. Now, that is a foreign concept to us because just about every beer gets barrel-aged here in Michigan. Look, I just had the double, triple, and quadruple. (laughs) Especially with Epic here. It's not not no more barrel-aging by choice. It's it's Deproof, so the main contract facility just decided that they're not going to enter into um, any more barreling uh, for whatever reason they may have. So we, we accepted that and that's where we added the, uh, the chips. Uh, so we have rum soak, we have bourbon soak. But with U.S. production uh, for a tool very close in the, in the sites that uh, all of a sudden barrel aging completely comes back into and it's even even Tor in, in, in Copenhagen and around the world. Who is Tor? You mentioned Tor twice. The owner of okay. Tor. Sorry. Uh, no worries. Uh, I'm sure people would want to know, or right. he would want to know that. You know. Yes. He, so he's our co-founder, owner, and visionary. A lot of the different beers are coming out of uh, his mind. Uh, but and so he, he's excited about the, the, the possibility that we can start barrel aging again. It's, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, to, one, to have, you know, we are a gypsy brewery, but to have beer produced in the U.S. that's getting sent back to home, that's, that's going to be a fun one. Well, uh, Brandon, thank you so much for uh, joining the Bruise Brothers. I, I appreciate you making the time. Obviously, it's better on draft. I appreciate getting you uh, at least on and uh, talking to us. Do you guys have any more questions for Brandon? I no, I do. I have a question. What time are we oh. going to dinner tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was my first question. Yeah, what time is dinner tomorrow? 
Well, I have an event tomorrow night, so it's going to have to be late. It'll be last call at uh, but we can still make it, right? You guys, uh, you guys are down to it. Yes, All right, perfect. <laughs> Steaks, steak tastes just as good at 1 a.m. as it does at 8 p.m., right? And my question, my other question was, how do I get a hold of that hat, man? Where do, where do I get one of those hats? Charleston. So we have the ties to Charleston. This is the the River Dogs, which is their minor league baseball team. So the short for Charleston is Holy City, and so this is the Holy City River Dogs. I will definitely put a call in. I'm and they're actually a Yankees farm team. I just blew it. I'm not a Yankee guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is the guy with the Yankees hat on. It's not a Yankee hat on. It's an AYB hat. Oh, sorry. Accent you buy. Okay. Anthony Temple right around the corner over here on the left mile. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Shout, 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 shout. Yes, indeed. Right. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out. Thank, Thank you very much for having me. And hey, you know what? I also like that uh, one ton of black current. Oh, one ton of black current. So, yeah, into the state good. coming a week or two is going to be one ton of pineapple, which oh, wow. I'm a big fan of sour pineapple beers, and there's a black currant, amazing. Just Wait. say tart and Grady might drink it. Yeah. Say tart, not a sour. Tart. <laughs> Yo, you're losing me, man. You, you okay there, Grady? I am not okay. That's the style. Come on. That's the reaction I have when I taste a fresh devil dog. Is what you just gave me. <laughs> but hey, right. Oh, not devil dog. Devil dancer. Devil dancer. Yeah, they're two different things. One's an oatmeal stout. One's a triple IPA. We, we like the blue down the street. But we, but we definitely uh, we got some other things going on with, with, the, with the ladder. Right. Yes. Hey, we yes. definitely appreciate you coming out this yes, evening. Yes. Thank you very much. And, and, and we're going to um, take a quick break, and we're going to come back in a couple minutes and, and pick up the conversation about an article we all talked about, New York Times article. So we'll pick that up in just a few, uh, and we're out. Bruce Brothers, episode six, back. Live from L. Mary's in Royal Oak, Michigan, one of our favorite spots. And, Definitely. Uh, yeah, we just wrapped up our first segment um, talking with the uh, good people from Two Old Brewing. Very interesting segment. Um, we want to get into a couple of other things, um, one of which is going to take a while, but Wayne brought up something on the break real quick uh, about the Alabama Clemson turnout and the subsequent. <laughs> Meal fit for a king oh, uh, at the uh, at the nation's capital. Well, I, I'll just say this: um, we have we're we're in, we're at El Mary's, and their burger has been voted one of the top twenty-five burgers in the country. Yes. So they've got a very good burger. Yeah. And Clemson did a, a fabulous job of knocking Alabama out, which nobody gave them a chance to win just the game. But they just mastered them. I mean, it was like. Beating your kids, yeah. no, it was that yeah. bad. Um, but but to go to the White House and get a meal of fast food from various restaurants, I mean, what they had a bunch of focal fours, or focal fours, and some fillet fish sandwiches, fillet fish, fish, and you know, is that what you deserve after winning the national championship? Is focal fours? Isn't that just a regular meal? When you're on a budget? Well, not, not only that. I mean, you're talking about world-class athletes. This is not what these guys put into their bodies. I was listening to uh, one of my favorite sports commentators, Bobani Jones, and he was talking about how when these guys travel, they don't eat that kind of food. No. Because not that the schools care about what the kids eat. The coaches like to eat good food. So the coaches are not taking them to McDonald's. They're taking them to the best steakhouse in the city. 
because they want to eat good. So these, you know, these guys are not feeding, their, you know, feeding their. Uh, they were expecting steak and lobster. They should have been. I think what made it even worse was that it was a rush job. I was I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who's that speaking? That's a new voice. It is a new voice to the podcast. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? name and number. I'm Rico. The number two, the number one right here. All right. All right. All right. Smart man. Ronnie Point. The Ronnie's won't be homemade, though. Usually, like when when a national championship team go to the White House, it's maybe like you know a couple of months after they've uh, won. Yeah, it's a really quick turnaround. So this was like a quick turnaround because he was bored. They had nothing to do. Said bring bring him on up. Right, and everybody else has been turning him down. Yeah, he's glad to have somebody have some company, man. Everybody else keeps saying I'm not going. So. But there are any number of caterers in D.C. that would have been able to handle that. I mean, and probably would have done it pro bono just for the pub, just for the appetizer. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I know but, they tried to say that the players asked for McDonald's and all that stuff. Come on, man. I don't care what <laughs> I'm just saying are. what the people say. My kids, does. since they've been able to speak, know the difference between asking for Benihana's yeah. or Steak and Lobster <laughs> yeah. or Wendy's and Burger. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and if, you've ever, if you've ever seen training table at a Division One school, let alone a national championship level Division One school. There's not a McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, Rapper, Bond. That's not what these guys are used to eat. Um, but anyway, I, I don't want to spend too much time on that because I don't want this to turn into a, a political thing. I, I, I would imagine that people on both sides of the aisle can see the absurdity in that. Um, but what I do want to spend some time on Yesterday or the day before, um, there was an article posted on the Bruce Brothers page regarding diversity in craft beer. And um, Mark posted that. Yeah, shout out to Mark uh, for posting that. And it started some really interesting conversation. And actually, that very subject is one of the things um, that spurred our podcast from jumping off. Um, was us holding that, kind of touching on that conversation when we were hosting, uh, when we were hosted by Ken uh, on Better on Draft. And so the conversation led to us talking about what's been going on locally with founders. Uh, for those that are not familiar with what's going on, there's a racial discrimination case that's currently in litigation uh, between founders and a former employee. Uh, and the details of the case can be found in an article that I posted actually in the 
uh, in fee of that same uh, fee where we're supposed to be New York Times article. So, well, here, before we get back on founders, which we've touched on them a couple yeah. times, yeah. Let's, let's, let's really get more into the uh, specifics of the article. And, and, and just, you know, I, I think the title was uh, Breweries Are Reaching Out to Non-White Beer. Okay, yeah. Craft beer looks beyond young white dudes with beards. And I guess that was the typical... Uh, That's the stereotypical demographic for for craft group consumption. And, you know, we we know that that is typically uh, when we go to the different uh, releases or clubs, that is a demographic that's predominant. Uh, But but there were quite a few miscues in the article. One miscues we brought to the point to where they said this was a a startup or, you know, it's kind of belittling. Yeah. Even what was going on with, with the brew fest that was put on in Pittsburgh. Fresh fest. Yeah, they ain't seen them guys know exactly what they're doing. They're not brewers. And then, it's not a startup or a one-off. And, and to me, it kind of reminds, I think, and uh, where is Andrew on? He's not he's running somewhere. But well, we had a conversation with Andrew about privilege. And, and, and with privilege, Andrew you know, stated that he did not realize that what privilege was until we really had a conversation. You know, because it just, he didn't know what it was. He didn't understand it. Um, but you know, kind of brought it to his attention and showed some of the things that we go through as minorities in this country. And it's really kind of uh, ironic that we're in Royal Oak now. Because I think Royal Oak is the town where DWB came to the forefront. And I don't remember the year, but there was a former mayor's son who got arrested and really brought to, to the forefront of driving while black. And it happened right here in Royal Oak. Put over for no reason other than being black driving down Main Street, which we're looking at right now. Right outside, yeah. But that's just something that, as a black male in this city, in this environment, in this country, you realize that it's just a part of life. It's going to happen. You know, and there are some things that other communities don't have to face and they don't really recognize because it's not part of their reality. Yeah, I mean, even when we talk about, you know, the talk, when we talk to our sons about how to behave when they come in contact with law enforcement, it's a different conversation. Because um, we want them to make it home. We want them to make it home. And if something out of the way happens in between that initial contact and making it home, we'll handle that on the back end. But I need you to make it home. And those are the kinds of conversations that not everybody has to have with their kids. And that's something that, as as black men, um, we have to have. And I've had had that conversation with my son at least six times since he was two years old. And he's what, eight now? He's eight now. So I've I've had to have a conversation, and those conversations have been brought about because of young black men being, young black unarmed men being killed by police. 
And so I can't have my son not know how to properly conduct himself or not know how to make it home when these situations arise. And so those are the kinds of things that we talk about when we talk about privilege. And kind of the misunderstanding is that privilege is a finger pointing or creating a, a straw man argument as to why some people are successful and some are not. When in fact it absolutely exists. Uh, and, and to be clear, fluid is privilege. I mean, uh, privilege is fluid. It doesn't only exist in the way we talk about white privilege or male privilege or heterosexual privilege. There are a number of different types of privilege that exist and they're fluid based on situation. And so those are the kind of things that overflow into our everyday lives. So even when we talk about something as seemingly benign or mundane as drinking beer, it's something that we come in contact with. Now, Adam, what were your thoughts on our to be honest, I did not read that article. I'm backing away a little bit right now to try and uh, steal the temptations because I'm dry this month. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Mark, did you read the article? I didn't read the article. Uh, unfortunately, I was just uh, watching the uh, watching from the gallery. I mean, we've had this discussion since week week one. Um, I didn't read the article because of some of the comments that were being out there. But uh, it seemed like it was in line with what we've talked about. Now, now Mark, speaking of the comments, let, let me ask you this. Because one of the comments, and I forget who made it, he was just referring to, and he mentioned uh, something like, because you're a white man. Or, I think that guy was trying to Mark. Okay. Um, now, obviously, not not someone that that, that is, I, I doubt he's part of Bruce Brothers. Actually, no, he, he, no, he, he he's part of Bruce. I mean, that was in the Bruce Brothers name. But but I guess my question is 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 not that. Um, I think it was taken out of context. Even when I was questioning, what do you mean? You know, and, and I thought he kind of took it as. A step back, like it was confrontational, but I was really just seeking understanding on hey, what did you mean by that comment? And, and, and I think that shows why it's just such a hot topic and, and you know, firecracker type of conversation because, you know, even in seeking understanding and seeking explanation, it was like he had to go to my uh, private message to say, hey man, I didn't mean anything, and, you know, relax and chill. And I was watching, like, dude, I'm chill. I'm not upset at all. I was trying to figure out exactly what you meant by it to get understanding. Why did you say that? Right. You know, and, you know, but it, 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 it just goes to the tension that's around the country. And, and even going back, like we were talking about earlier, from even, you know, it's, it's coming, I think, a lot from the White House. Definitely in, in, in building a system where they don't need to be at. And also, people are afraid to even come from the conversation. Because right. that thing that we have a lot of people who felt that they could not comment because of their ethnicity. And that's the environment that we strive to cultivate in Bruce Brothers. Those topics are not off limits. In fact, those topics are encouraged because that's, that's what we're there for. Um, 
and I was I was actually disturbed, not disturbed. The comments that are right after actually in the article, if you go to the comments section, really kind of illustrate what we're talking about. Some of those comments are very tone deaf um, and really illustrate some of the attitudes that are prevalent, not only in craft beer but in general and have found their way into craft beer. There were people who were offended at the idea that a brewery might market directly to people of color. How dare they? You know, I'm white and I like beer. Well, that's great, but they're trying to expand their market. Unless it's Right, unless it's some stereotypical style or, or you know, things like that. Somebody had probably the same eyes. Somebody had a poor cohort of lives or English and things like that. So, you know, again, that kind of, we're kind of still in that rut. Um, even in a, in a camp, like I said, in a seemingly mundane or, or benign thing like craft beer. Um, and to kind of bring it home, so to speak, the whole deal with, with this founder's piece, and I haven't, I've been vocal about actually talking about the situation. I haven't been very vocal about the fact that I'm boycotting them. I am not purchasing their products. And my, the question in my head is, how effective is that boycott? Because it's not just me. I know at least 900 black men that are there also in this boycott. But my question is, how many allies do we really have in this? How many non-black people who know about what happened but are still choosing to purchase founders' products? Now, a lot of, and I, and I get the explanation, a lot of what is going on in the case in the litigation is he said, she said, however, and I'm going to caution people because I know a lot of people get jarred by this word. I don't use the term, the N-word, because it softens an employee at Founders refer calling or use the word nigger in front of, in a conversation with a black employee. When this black employee said, hey, don't use that word, it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. Two seconds later, he reiterates and uses the word nigger again. These things happen. Should have been fired. And that's my problem. He was this, the individual, the offending party was not fired. He was written up. How do you not have a zero tolerance policy for that? Not only not, how do you not have a zero tolerance policy for that, how do you not make some sort of statement publicly stating that your company, that founder Boeing company, does not in any way, shape, or form endorse that sort of language, that sort of attitude, that sort of environment, and that is the source of my breakdown. So he never said silence is complicit. So he never said he didn't say it. That particular part of, of the account, everybody admits happened. Everybody involved says that did indeed happen. As it stands right now, everything else is conjecture. Everything else that's in litigation is he said, she said. But that particular situation is documented and acknowledged by all parties involved that it happened. And that is egregious enough for me to say, you know what? If you don't have a zero tolerance policy about that, that says enough to me that you don't you don't need my one. No, no, you don't deserve one. I've been on the boycott myself. Yeah. I'm not going to pour out my founders' beers that are in my cellar. Absolutely not. No, I'm not burning my Nikes. Right. But you know, any even to the point of any founders' post. 
when I'm drinking them out of my cellar, I won't even share them on brew. Exactly. Exactly. I'll check them in. You know, I, I, don't want, I don't want them to get any recognition. Yeah. I'm just going to, you know, drink up the money that I spent. Yeah. But uh, until they confront the issue, until they address the issue, you know, especially, and like we talked about many times before, they're in predominantly black cities. And, and the reputation and, 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 and just the fact to say, hey, we don't have to address it. It's just ludicrous. It is. So we've been three months on since we originally had this conversation. Uh, have either you, Harry, or Wayne heard anything from uh, founders after that first valley that, that they threw out there to you guys? No, I haven't. I've, been, I've, I've had some contact with them, but the conversations that we've had have not led, led to any action. And that's, I mean, we can, we can talk all day, um, but until something substantive happens, that talking takes no effort. No so you, can, you can set that stuff out there. It doesn't mean anything. Right. And that's what they just want to happen is everybody will forget about it eventually. Well, again, I know I know at least a thousand people that want And so, you know, but again, uh, my, my question becomes, those individuals that claim to be allies to communities of color, to people of color, but still support that messaging and still support companies that, whether intentionally or unintentionally, send that message, how much of an ally are you really? Because for me, and I, and I had a conversation in another group, and this point was, well, it's easy to mount that boycott and uh, not drink founders when there's so much other beer on And my response was, if there were three three breweries in the world that I was reduced to to have to buy beer from, I'd be down to two. It doesn't matter how many there are. When I find out that one has that attitude or find out that one has been so inactive in addressing something that serious, they're off my list. I just, I can't, I can't do it. I won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question because the article, the New York Times article, kind of mentions that breweries are starting to focus on minority customers because sales are low, not because they want to. How does that make you guys feel? Like, should we not support them? As an afterthought, right? As, As an afterthought, afterthought. exactly. And, and, and those are some of the points that I think that were brought out also in terms of, you know, we enjoy beers no matter what our skin tones are. This group was, was put together based upon the love of craft brewers. And everybody in it has uh, affection for the other because we don't really get political. We don't get into it, you know, it doesn't matter. And we've always been very well diverse in terms of our, our representation. And it's never meant anything. And, and personally, I, I really appreciate and love that we are such a diverse group. But when these things come to light, it's like, you know, there is a big difference. And the article made me feel like an afterthought and say, you know, what should we do? And, and, and it's almost like, you, you know, in terms of being non-understanding, and, and I'll go back to the non-understanding the white privilege moniker or the tone, because I don't think the writer meant some of the things that 
we interpreted it as. Right, right. They just didn't know. They were speaking, you know, they were speaking from their perspective and thought that they were shedding light on that but what they said in such a demeaning manner, condescending, and condescending, it's like, wait a minute. You know, I don't want to be an afterthought. I don't want to be, you know, and, and also ran and it kind of said, you know, wow, where can I spend my money and feel good about it? Because I want somebody that respects my dollar, and, and, and I'm not an afterthought. Absolutely, and again, I mean, it, it kind of touches on the conversation of where people of color are on the manufacturing side or on the, on the business side, because if you're looking at endearing yourself to people of color, but you don't have any marketing expertise, and you have the same people who traditionally have been brewing beer for these quote-unquote young white guys with beards, if you're looking to market in the same way, it's not going to be successful. If you're looking to market in a way where you are assuming what people of color may gravitate toward, you begin to do what a lot of these breweries are doing and bordering and kind of tap dancing on that line of cultural appropriation where you're making beers with, you got these same bearded white guys with their picture with gold teeth on the label of a beer because you are mimicking hip hop culture. So at that point now, now we become a caricature as opposed to having someone, having people of color in your marketing department who, when, it, when, when those eyes see those kinds of things, they can pull your coattail and say, no, don't put this out. Like, like what, what was the brewery that put out the uh, Flint Bad Water? Yeah. About a year ago, yeah, remember that? Yeah, there, there was a brewery that made a beer called Flint Water. And not only is that offensive, people are dying in Flint. And that's not only offensive to people of color, that should be offensive to human beings in general. But even further, given the population of Flint and the population that is mostly affected by that water in Flint, is that much more than me. If there were a water crisis in West Bloomfield, would people be making a beer, making light of West Bloomfield dirty water? I doubt it. One, the situation wouldn't have lasted that long in West Bloomfield. But two, that's not a community that people feel comfortable mimicking. And unfortunately, a community that looks like Flint does not enjoy that same privilege. Sasha, you look like you got some gears going in your head. I got nothing I want to say out loud. <laughs> I mean, I've always. I really want to hear that. Well, no, no, no. I want to hear. No, I talked about founders, and I guess from a, a, the other side of it, as someone who works for a large organization, I don't work for them, but it's not always easy to. Um, we were talking about them having a, like a position of a diversity officer or just someone to handle this. It's not always easy to hire someone, and I don't know the structure of their organization, so I don't know if they can just hire someone. Now, I do agree with you that they should have put a statement out, and I don't know why they've not put a statement out. Um, so I've looked at it and thought, well, maybe they're trying to get their stuff together, they're trying to find out how they can have this position, how they're going to hire and get approved by the board. So I've given them the benefit of the doubt. I don't know how long I'm willing to do that. I'm, I'm also not buying their beer when they're going to do that. 
And to your point, I agree that a position like that is not someone you just hide. Like, given that, this situation happened at the beginning of October. We're almost in February. They've had time to get something. They've had some, they've had time to get something. They've had a position open since June. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, um, so I, I agree with you. That's, that is something that you know that you take your time doing. Um, but again, by, by taking your time, I mean performing your due diligence. But just as I stated with Wayne in our conversation on the last podcast, if they were bleeding money. And they had a crisis in terms of a, of a financial officer. That financial officer would be fired and replaced quickly because bleeding money is important. Capital is important. So even if they didn't immediately hire a financial officer, they would hire a consultant. They would they would have a stopgap until something was in place for them to stop hemorrhaging cash. And that just shows me exactly how far gone they are. Right. When they're not even thinking that this is important enough. There's no one in that room that's saying, hey, nobody who is being listened to. He's saying, hey, you guys need to get out in front of this. Hey, you need to say something. And There's the bottom, no one in the position. the bottom position. line is effect. Right, right. But it, then in terms of marketing, we've talked a little bit about marketing, so specifically towards women. Um, many times I go to beer releases and I'm the only woman in the room. I am yeah. always the only black woman in the room. Yeah. Um, but I, I still, I don't feel like there needs to be any specific marketing towards me. Like, what are you going to say to me that is going to make me want to drink this beer? If it's not good, it's not good. I don't care what's on the label. I, you know, I don't care about that. So I'm curious to see what kinds of things we're going to come up with to try and grab Grab a larger market. Yes. I, can, I mean, I'm not a marketer, so what do I know? There's nothing that would make me say, oh, that speaks specifically to me as a black woman. I must have that beer. And any, any more than I'm going to grab any other beer, that tastes good. Now, now, I'll just add this to piggyback. There may not be things that we can say, hey, I'm not a marketer. I don't know what will bring me into drinking it. But I definitely know some things that will turn me off. Yeah, right, right. You know, and so at the very least, there should be a team like you said, like, how come we can't get in front of this? How can we, you know, solve this issue so that we can keep the drinkers we do have, keep, you know, and, and I've got to think that it's making an impact. Because even though there's different parts of the country, like we talked about in the last episode, where KBS is still on the shelf, but, but to literally find a three-year vertical on the shelf, I don't think any brewer wants to bring your birth on the show. It's not a good thing. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate that we're having this conversation in 2019 uh, in uh, this alleged post-racial society. Uh, but again, I mean, it kind of is what it is. And Sasha, I agree with you in that there's nothing that a, a brewery can do specifically in advertising that's going to make them buy their beer. Like, and since we're talking about bottles, I'll use them as an example. None of their labels or anything else has, has spoken to me specifically as a black man. However, when a situation like this arises and they can't address it or won't address it, that is where my issue lies. Uh, well, let's let's move on finals for a minute. Yes. We're in Elmary, out here in Royal Oak, and 
they had a beer rep that may still be here. I don't know. That was here. But there's a beer rep that was told of the Blue Brothers presence. We're doing a podcast. And I just want to hear the thoughts of the group on if you were a beer representative and there's a Blue podcast going on right next to you. So you come say hello. And we got 25, 30 guests with us. What do you do, Chris? Do you come say hello? I guess it depends on if your sales are high or not. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe you feel like you're moving enough beer. Maybe you feel like you don't need, you know, any additional customers or clientele. Obviously, beer advocates. Um, (laughs) I mean, Bruce Brothers Podcast. Yeah. Do you want to say hello? Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah, it's, not, it's, not like we're not, it's not like we're inconspicuous. We're, we're in a little restaurant with microphones. You can't miss them. You can't miss them. <laughs> I got to play devil's advocate. Maybe even just like Big Red and his office hours. Nine, 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 Okay. But Rico, we're here doing office hours. I have a question. I wonder, have any of you guys had any other bad experiences other than kind of the founder situation? Because I had a situation over at uh, Atwater um, that wasn't too pleasing for my taste, so I no longer buy their beer. Uh, When they had the barrel-aged vanilla... You know, got off work early, went up there, sat at the bar, told the guy, hey, I want to order this. He was like, all right, you're a little early, but when we pop the tap, we'll be the first one. This is what the bartender said. In my head, I'm like, there's no way they're about to give me the first glass out of the tap. Sad, but I knew it. So, 3 o'clock came, and uh, they opened the tap, and I guess either one of the owners or something, he poured it. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, he was, he was here first. He looked at me, looked, and proceeded to hand the glass to a young, very attractive white woman who gave me the second glass. Ellen, you were there? <laughs> and I kid you not. And it's crazy because I kid you not, I was going to get a four-pack, I was going to get two glasses, but I literally drunk that pay for my tab and I've never been there. So there's no way, like to me it's just, it's unreal. Especially in 2018, 2019 to still kind of go through those situations. It's, it's kind of crazy. And I mean, you know, and it's, you're literally turning away money. If, I, if I'm somewhere where you're selling beer, I clearly have money to spend. If I come I to your release, I am there for a reason. I'm not here to stand <laughs> right, right. I'm here to spend money. Hey, what's going on? Why are all these people in line? Right. I think I'll wait in line for a while. I'll figure out what's happening when I get to the I left work early. Don't tell my boss, but I left work early to try to get there to support. Yeah. And those sort of kind of microaggressions are what sour us or that sour me um, on, on beer releases. Um, fortunately, I've had more good experiences than bad. Um, but I mean, I, we, we've been out and got it looks like, what are y'all here yep. for? And, you know, kind of... Sometimes people will ask me, why am I there? Right. I'm right. like, the same reason you're here. Same reason you're here. 
Right. Yeah. And so, you know, those are the kinds of things that, as people of color, we face in the beer community. Um, and again, the beer community is a, it's a microcosm of society at large. Um, you know, people are still marginalized. So, again, I guess, I guess my, just back to my, my original question, really, I've come to a point where I, where I start to question who our allies really are. Like I said, I mean, I know I know people that are aware of the situation that are still buying founders' products, and I'm not beating anybody over the head about it. Um, just like I know people who have chosen to boycott the NFL and those who have not. I'm not. I don't criticize anyone's decision to do so. However, I'm also interested in knowing where people stand on this particular matter um, because if you don't, if you don't think that that offense is egregious enough to stop giving them your money, then you and I probably have some other things that we are miles apart on in terms of common ground, and that's my larger concern. Like you thought that was a good dinner at the White House. <laughs> quite possible. Right. Quite, quite possible. Quite possible. So, uh, and, you know, and, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to belabor the point. We can, we can move off of it if nobody else has anything to add. But like I said, I just, I want, I want founders to know, and I've communicated this, this, this to them directly. This is not going away. It's not going to just fade away and. In a year, we're back to buying KBS and CBS and waiting on their newest releases. Because I'll be honest, I'm, I'm disappointed that I can't buy the barrel-aged Imperial stuff. We've been clamoring for that for years. For years, we've been saying, Foundership, barrel-aged Imperial stuff. And now that they're finally doing it in the Mothership series, I can't buy it. Well, just as an update, the epic rep has left. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, he was told a few times, I know, by the bartenders and a few of our members that we were here. And But the epic rep has left the building. So, you know, if he had more pressing issues, however, if, if I don't be a rep, I make it my business to go to a table full of people who are obviously drinking beer, who have 20 or 30 guests who are also drinking beer. Uh, and if we only knew about Christian Seller, he would have came over here. Yes. Oh man, because Christian Seller is big. And that, and also, they've got what, three or four beers on tap here. So to push that, you know, that product and things like that. But apparently, our group was not uh, worthy of such a, of such a shout out. Mark, what did you do to him? <laughs> Don't, did you get into it with the epic guy? Up he was gone. No, they, they kind of put us in a dark corner here, though. <laughs> did they put us in a dark corner? Or did we make it a dark corner? <laughs> I'm not saying that's just influence the epic person. But, uh, you never know. I, the one aside I wanted to make, and this is, a, this is a, in jest, I think that the uh, water in Rochester may be bad too uh, because of uh, Rochester Mills. Yeah. Is it, that's, 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 that's what we're talking about here. We should talk about what we're drinking. We haven't talked about. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. kind of segue out of that and talk about some of the stuff you got on the table. Um, I got, I got some Westbrook Mexican cake in my glass, which. Generally, not a fan of peppers in my beer. However, I like 
I consistently like what I'm doing. This is pretty well balanced. The peppers are not overwhelming. Um, Cinnamon Yeah, unlike uh, Wes, you know I love you to death, but I just can't do the lion mode stop. It's just too, it's too hot for me. I can't, yeah. But I think Mexican cake is, uh, is, is very well balanced. Probably the most well balanced beer of that sort. Wes, I love it. I like spicy. This is good though. Not a lot of pepper at all. Yeah. Pepper on the end. Shout out to West at our side. Yeah, our, our, our side, Pam Quest O'Leary. Wayne, what you working on over there? I'm actually working on this nice glass of water because... Uh, <laughs> are the bottles not floating around? The bottles are not floating. I don't know what's going on. You know, it, it, it's... it's it, oh, we got some like, by coconut. <laughs> Wait, put that back up there. Did, did a rum barrel death by coconut just ease its way off? I'm trying to hide. I guess I'm a petition... Uh, to change the name of the H2O Brothers. There's more water on the table. more water on the table than the brews. If we've got a group of brews brothers behind us, we do. The, the anti-social clan over there. Yes, the Samurai. Andrew and Brady. And all the anti-social clan over there, they're drinking beers, but we aren't drinking any beers. They're wondering what's going on. Where, where are the beers? We want to talk to you, Brady. Yeah, yeah. Bring that bottle with you. What are you guys drinking? Bring that bottle with you. We got some wireless mics over here. Come talk for a second. We just want to know if you drank some of that. Grady, take that bottle from the neck. <laughs> no, he already did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, you know, I'm trying to bring this out. That's right. Yeah, you might be on probation, brother. So all the good beers you can bring is always on probation. You brought a nasty sour. There's no song. Are we going to open so, this project? So no, no, yeah. I'm supposed to like it. The one right now. No, that's going home. I think Andrew brought it. Did he leave? No, I just don't know. Andrew's sour is not good. Not wrong. Not wrong. No sours. No sours. Take it off the table. You look like a host of a... I guess I'm bringing it. I agree with Sasha. I agree with Sasha. Take it off the table. You got to take it off the table. It's not drinkable. Oh, shit. Well, then that means death by coconut. I feel like... Wait, wait, wait. We got something in the corner over here. This guy's hitting that thing from the neck. Okay, Sasha, crack that beer. We'll have to replace it. I do just want to thank death by coconut. L. Mary's for having double dunk on tap. Yeah, yeah, that's right. always has a, a, an amazing tap list. They keep it, uh, they keep it fresh. They rotate it pretty, uh, pretty regularly. So they are higher. So Christian, is that better than we had last time? Uh, I still prefer a bottle over draft. Uh, I thought it was a little bit better than the last one. That one's true. The last one was like super cold. Besides, you've got three of these on the base. Still bottles over draft. Oh, we can pop that thing. Unfortunately, I'm down to one. Because my girlfriend found my cellar. I wasn't as good as Wayne hiding that. My cellar. Yeah, it's not that big, but but she found it. But it's a seller. Why are you hiding? Don't hide it. Well, not anymore. So she drank a few of my double drinks. Oh, a few of your double drinks. Your birthday beers. My birthday beers. Yes. 
How many did you have? Uh, I started out with four. How many did she drink? Well, I have one left. You kept her after that? <laughs> well, we, we're going through talks right now. Okay. So. <laughs> She's definitely a keeper if you kept her after drinking three double dogs. What do you guys think of the samurai slower? I liked it. Um, I mean, milk stouts are traditionally not as heavy as, you know, Russian Imperial stouts, which are my, my preference between the two. But I like the Samurai Slippers. It's good. Yeah, I thought yeah. It, he melded it pretty well. Yeah. Like, uh, very vanilla forward. Yeah. But yeah. not too... Uh, nice nose on it. Not too, not too lactose Not too much lactose. Yeah. How are we liking this death by coconut? I don't know. I don't know. It hasn't made it this way. Who's still poking with the death bike? Oh, it's just sitting on the table. Huh? We must get it down as well. That one's aged particularly well. <laughs> I might have some Brady Boards. <laughs> wasn't me. Which one's your point? Now, speaking of Brady Boards, uh, next month, does everybody know where we're at next month? We're at Rapport, right? No. no. Next month we have an old Mason Anonymous meeting. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, the mothership. Oh. Are, are you going to? Only? We'll, be, we'll be live broadcasting from the one and only old nation. I keep will saying be I'm going to do fewer of these. Like I'm going to do less stuff. And so like I'll come next following month. Ah, I love old nation. So we finish up the founders okay. conversation. Here comes Werner strolling over here. We nice. were summoning this stuff. Oh yeah. Where are you? But, but yeah, next month. Uh, I, I don't I don't know the date. Somebody can check the calendar. But the third it's Wednesday, third Wednesday of February, we're going to call and convene an old nation anonymous meeting at Old Nation in Williamson. I don't know what they've got planned for us. Uh, we've been in contact with Mark. Uh, they are very excited to have us. And we're excited um, to be there. We're excited to go. <laughs> and, I mean, we have many, many Old Nation Anonymous <laughs> meetings on Rules Brothers. Yeah. And we can't <laughs> wait to have... We actually have one meeting. It's just one perpetual it's meeting. Ongoing. Yeah. It's ongoing. Yeah. Will there be hotel trip. rooms? Are they having a gavel never drops? No. Doesn't. Will there be hotel rooms? I'm sure there are hotel rooms. Sure it's a long ride, man. Yeah. Yeah, are they going to have the 843 strawberry on track? I'm sure they're going to have the strawberry on track. Shots fired. 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 Well, I tell you, if if, 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 if you're going to drink M43 strawberry, might as well say it's the most And if you're planning to sleep off too many beers, Motel 6 will be just fine. But yeah, that's where we'll be. We're looking forward to Shout out to Motel 6. Shout out to Motel 6. You're mixing up, you know. Somebody keep the light on for us. Please. We're going to be drinking in 43 Strawberry. Definitely. And also, our next in studio, we got some special things coming up. I won't reveal it, but we got some special stuff. You got more red pudding? You're not requiring oh. me to cook, are you? No, no, we got gumbo or jambalaya. You owe me now. We got oh, yeah, I do owe you. You owe me now. <laughs> I do owe you. Well, we what do, do have, we, we have uh, our co-founder, Bernard Jackson, will be in town. <laughs> oh, sure. So, yeah, so oh, we're going right. to have some 
culinary delights. And, uh, ah, we did. Apparently, say. a gumbo cook off. Uh, no, we, we said it wasn't going to be competition. We would cook two different things. Well, okay. whatever. We're going to have food. Oh, How about that? Competition. How much gumbo can you eat, though? How much can you a, make? A big pot of gumbo and no, he said he didn't make gumbo. Now, but I, I don't know if I'm telling the truth. But I think he said he didn't do gumbo. But he would do cornbread. He would do some other stuff. Is that you what really I mean? Y'all can work that out. Right, you know. No, she don't make gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I now make a good gumbo. So okay. I, okay. I will. Remind me. We'll need to see the video. I'm not going to give a recipe. You will be reminded. It's February, not March. No, February is all No, the answer will be February. The answer will be Keep up. I keep it. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm going to slow down. You got to. Slow down? What's that? What's that song by Lucien? I think it was. That's before my time, man. Right? Me too. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that one. I mean, Wayne's only 39, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, remind me, remind me. We will. So, yes, yeah, so that's, that's remind that's me. That was a song by uh, <laughs> uh, in the next month. Patrice Russian, right? Oh, that's forgive me, man. 23, 24. Yeah. Grady has it on mine over there. I am sober tonight, man. I'm a DD tonight. Okay. So really, I'll be responsible this evening. Cheers to that. Cheers, Cheers to the responsibility. responsibility. Yes. Hey. Cheers to Sours. Cheers to Sours. Cheers to Sours. That shit is soaking you up right there, man. Sorry. You drink the sours tonight, Grady? No, buddy. That's straight up water. Sours is added. You know, I did have some Mexican cake with our family. I had some uh, to the doors, which is really good, too. And give us some words of wisdom for tonight. Yeah, you've been you've been. Yeah, you haven't heard your melodious voice this evening. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to your leader. You sure have a way of wearing this glass over here. Uh, you want some milk milkshake stout? You want? That's my coconut. Well, actually, this milkshake stout was actually Andrew's suggestion. So I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this coconut. And he said that this barrel aged one was was worth it. It was worth a shot. So All right. check it out. I'm trying to turn me back to or well, on to Rochester. I don't. But this was amazing. Right. I'm never there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 13 and a half percent, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's that's the only thing that's making me go. Okay, I'll try that one. All right. I'll get my tablet. Have you had it? All right, Rico, what are your thoughts on that Rochester meal? Is it exceptionally thin? <laughs> all right, all right. I'm, I'm not going to ruin it for you. you got to try it. Okay. Harsh. How are you feeling about the Rochester meal? I'm a bitch like that. Is that your thing? Grab the mic, Rico. Grab the mic. Don't worry about the mic past that beer back this time. It's like Rochester in general. It looks really nice for the outside, but once you go there, it's kind of. Okay, Rico, thoughts on Rochester meals? There's this little spiciness going on with it. But, uh. Yeah, that's the Wayne Bourbon Rinse right there. That's the Bourbon Rinse getting it? It definitely tastes like a Bourbon Rinse. Will you do it again, Rico? Like my sandwiches aren't as high as sauce. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you pour it, you we pour it, you'll drink it. So is that a yes? I have no can, can you pass that down this way, Sasha? Please. Thank you very much. That's not not bad. I didn't mean to say not not bad. No, it's oh, all. No. Now that is a glowing review coming not from you. Not well. Let me take a bad. second sip. Oh wow. <laughs> she has such a defined palate. 
Yeah. And again, we're talking about the Rochester Mills and the biggest fanboy, you know. It's boozy. From the two James Barrel. Okay. So it's brewery only. Let me try this. Brewery only. Okay. 13% whiskey. That's not from the 12 days? It's boozy and you can taste it. It doesn't have the same. It's not as thick. Oh, that's another one I've heard about. And there's no weird flavors. Like the thing that gets me is when they when they make a, a milk stout and it's blueberry or something. Some brand. I just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't work. The flavors always taste a little bit off. I drink this. I, I would try that. Yeah, I would Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I thought it was right. really good, and I knew it would convert some of you guys. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what they convert. But, but we, got, we got one person saying it's like not, one not beer. <laughs> I like one beer from Rochesterville. So, so you're it. saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Right. Sometimes, Andrew, it's a small victory. <laughs> there is that bourbon wrench presence there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's very heavy. It's a bourbon yeah. kind of thing. So do yeah. we have to set up a uh, field trip to Rochester Mill? Sure. I don't know if they have any left. I had a Dodge driving my four-back, so... You know. I mean, maybe Sasha can hook us up. I'm did, here. did we say Todd? good with those beers. Red beer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to have him get one of the... Red uh, beer, the lead, maybe. Sasha too to drink beers out of going forward. Those little milk bottles. Yeah, they sold out of those. Those last are pretty cool. I'm sure one will land now, on the lap one day. We all we know that Todd was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Listening for Sasha to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a bill. We need oh, a bill. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Red beer. Sasha says your name. I, Todd. <laughs> oh. Hey, Rico, you hear this going on? What's up, Todd? <laughs> Hey Todd, that wasn't Sasha. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) So again, and before we, um, I know we're we're running short on time. Um, I want to make sure that we give a shout out to Hail Marys. Um, Heather and crew are always Justin. Justin and crew are always always so hospitable. Also, shout out to the staff. But we're on the Times Oyster Bar side. And uh, shout out to their staff as well for taking care of us. Um, any, any final notes as we move around the table, Wayne? Hey, I'm just looking forward to seeing everybody next month um, as we call and convene this Old Nation Anonymous meeting live in Williamson, Michigan. And I look forward to seeing everybody out there. So, quick question before we wrap up. I know we're kind of short on time. What is the beer of the night? Is it gonna be the home? Oh, that's how it works. That one or that one? It's gotta be that, that. that one or that one? <laughs> the can or the bottle? I'm, go- I'm gonna be we real surprised by Rochester Mills. So we got to go for that. It's not that I thought it was the best, but it is the one that was most surprising to me. No, we're not talking about surprising. All right, so then that sour was surprising. We're talking about the best. Death by coconut. Death by coconut. Only right. You, are, you already know what Sasha's by coconut. You're not being so aggressive about the homes. Nobody's going with the double baptist? I'm going with the well, double baptist. Did it hurt your feelings? It does. Well, so this we is way split here. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And the, and the it was really good. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. But it's coconut, man. Exactly. I, I, I and the rum just punches you in the face. It really does. I mean, I probably got to go with the double baptist, <laughs> maybe with a tie with the Mexican cake. Um, uh, 
Yeah. Mexican cake is such a great beer. It's your name Friday. It's He's gonna name everything we drink tonight. You know. Hey man, I'm going. I'm going. And next up is that sour with that whole. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I didn't even taste the sour. You shouldn't have. I'm no, wow, that makes me feel so much better. Hey, Wayne, Wayne's expression when he tasted it was enough for me. I'm good. We love Holmes, though. No, we love Holmes. Right. It's right. That was in the fridge. I love Holmes IPAs. Yes. Right. And, the King Cobra. and the King Cobra. Yes, indeed. I have to say that that uh, barrel-aged Doris that I had on tap was the best beer of the night. Okay. Oh, wow. I'll, uh, I'll go with the Westbrook for what we were sharing. Oh, now we got silence, too. Right. Uh-oh. That's right. Who's got the next vote? Right. Beer of the night. Yeah, uh, didn't have any. I didn't know we were going with on tap, but of course... We're gonna say on tap. I'm gonna say double dunk, but if not, I'm gonna go with the death black coconut. So double dunk is your vote. I mean, well, if we were going on tap, it depends right. on, <laughs> on how we're going. So, I did thoroughly enjoy the double dunk too. Right here, there you go. It's okay. So are you are you are you changing your vote? <laughs> if, if we're going on tap together, yes. see, we didn't know. I didn't know what. We're not qualifying with tap versus bottom. We're just saying best beer. Double dunk. Double dunk. All right. Andrew. Yes. What was your best, best beer tonight, beer Andrew? Westbrook. Westbrook Mexican, Mexican cake. cake. All right. All right. Good deal. There you have it. Westbrook is the winner of the night. Yeah. Hey, the Westbrook is popular. It's good stuff. Like Westbrook barely edged out that sour. Yeah. It was like everything I wanted the buff, like the fine buffalo mole to be in one. Yeah. I have no disrespect at all, but seriously. I mean, in Westbrook, it's a consistently really good beer. It really is. Has been for years. Uh, shout to my cousin, Calhoun, for bringing it. He, uh, man, he brings me a bottle every time he makes himself, makes his way up here, so I appreciate that. Um, so with that, we're going to go ahead and wind it down. Bruce Brothers, Episode 6, broadcasting live from... For the culture. For the culture, broadcasting live from Ale uh, Mary's and Tom's Oyster Bar. We will be in studio uh, in two weeks at Podcast Detroit. Thank you for everybody that came out to have dinner with us and hang out. And we'll be here for a little while longer. So, uh, again, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. And we'll see you on the next time. Peace. Peace.